0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Well, praise the Lord. I want you to know, man, I'm so excited about your future. I'm going to give you some points. You know, we used our scripture. Um, we've been looking at this scripture for a while now. And, I, you know, God said this. He said, look, i got a covenant of peace with you. I'm not going to mess around with this peace. But today I want to talk to you about the principles of why God's not mad at you. And I'm just going to skip to my first point, and I want you to write this down. God's wrath and judgment was placed on Jesus and not on us. I want you to write that down. Now we understand we got a covenant of peace with God. You know we, we've been looking in Isaiah fifty-four nine for two months now. All right, he said, just like in the days of Noah, I'm no more gonna. Well, I'm not gonna be mad. I'm not gonna be angry with you. I'm not gonna rebuke you. I'm not gonna hold you accountable for what's taking place in your life. I'm gonna be the God that I said I was gonna be. And one of the things that we know that's really good. Look what he says here about God's wrath and judgment. God's wrath, God's judgment was placed on Jesus and not on us. Write that down. Now, here's what you gotta understand. 2,000 years ago, Jesus, okay, now I want you to see this. 2,000 years ago, Jesus placed his wrath I'm sorry, 2,000 years ago, God placed his wrath on Jesus. I was trying to say 2,000 years ago on the cross, Jesus took our wrath, okay? Watch this. Now, this is what I want you to see here. The death of the cross, the death on the cross was really a terrible death to die. But one of the things I need you to get was God placed Jesus on the cross Jesus accepted the position on the cross and God put his wrath on Jesus on the cross. Now that is a real, um, I want to go really slow and get you to see this. So Jesus willingly went on the cross, but Jesus not only took sin, death, all the stuff we know, he took God's wrath on him for sin. Jesus was executed on the cross, he was counted among the worst offenders. His death was real, and it was terrible. He became, and I want you to see this, Jesus became an object of wrath. I want to, uh, now listen, this picture that I'm going to give you, I'm painting a picture for you to see a different side of the cross but everything I'm telling you is absolutely, completely true. Does that make sense? So, but you say, I know he got nailed on the cross and he took my sin. He did. I know he got nailed on the cross and he took all this. He did. But I want you to see this side of it to understand that Jesus went and took the wrath of God for sin upon him. So God cannot get mad at you God is not going to get upset with you in the sense where God's going to be like, you're in and out of relationship with me, never. Okay, all right? Jesus was primarily the object of God's wrath. Now that sounds crazy, but you got to understand this. It was terrible way to die, and he became the object willingly, even, even when he did nothing to deserve it. Now, I need you to just pull that in. So that starts stretching my head to going like, okay, so what you're saying, Pastor Chris, is this. So on that cross, God took the wrath of Satan, all the sin of the earth, and put it on Jesus. Yes. All of it. Not because he wanted to, but because he had to. Is that is that clear? Is it clicking? So he he just took it. He took wrath upon him. Man, and I promise you, um. Well, we can look at a couple of scriptures too, because when you start seeing these things, I think it's it's gonna. I'm gonna give you a lot of scriptural help to get you to kind of see this thing. And I think when you see it, it's gonna kind of like some of these scriptures are gonna kind of clear up and make um. um They're going to make more sense. Not that they didn't make sense before, but they're going to bring a greater clarity with them. Um, Even though it seems like, you know, I kind of got the picture of it. I'm going to get this thing, okay? But here's what you got to remember. So I want you to write that down. You got that so we understand. The number two point I want to give you, I'm going to give you points and I'm going to go in and teach this thing. This was the reason why he came. So write that down. For that purpose, Jesus came. Now, this is what I want you to see because I really this is going to be such a good night so I share this thing this is the reason why he came I want you to just look at the cross like this Jesus came to get on the cross to take God's wrath Does that make sense Get get now tonight we're looking at this thing from this angle we're looking at like you know you know brother Hagan always said this he said there's many sides of a mountain but it's the way you look at the mountain that turn but this tonight we're looking at this well, wh- why in the world? How can God make a covenant of peace with me when I'm in the earth? Maybe not looking like, you know, I'm knocking it out on all cylinders. It has nothing to do with performance. It has to do with God took every ounce of anger that He had for sin and put it on Jesus, and it's never on me and you. Did you hear that? Now that that's now listen. It's a life changing, relationship altering understanding, guys. You know this is true, because most people don't see themselves like this. My God in heaven, until I dive deep in this thing, I don't even see myself like this. It's a reprogramming of your thinking. You know what I mean? So I'm going over here going, well, God took all his wrath. Jesus knew what his mission was long before the circumstances that were coming were going to take place. Listen, he knew that he was going to have to pay the price for this thing and that God's wrath was going to be shed upon him. You know what I'm saying? Man, I I I you know, not just the rejection, not just the suffering, not just the 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 basically uh the 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 beating and the brutality and, and the and the and the pain and 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 the, and the basically the the brokenness of the cross to make you and me fixed, he said what? He said, not just the demoralization, the shame, everything, the wrath of God came on him. (sighs) My God in heaven. Jesus knew why he was here and what was going to take place. Jesus even had that, remember he even said, and Johnny said, save me from this hour, but this is the purpose why I came. That's that John 12, 27. And I'll give you time to go there because I'm skipping ahead. John twelve twenty seven, John twelve twenty eight. We understood why he was coming. We could see this stuff in scripture, but I really want to get to this, this thing. I'm trying to get you to see this thing today. He's like, look, his soul was troubled, and he knew this. He told his father, he said, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause, I came, I came unto this hour. Isn't that good? I've come. Jesus said this was his purpose. Amen. You can even look at the next scripture, right? What does it say there? It says, it says, Father, glorify thy name. Then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it. Amen. Again. Come on, right? What was he saying? He'd come to destroy the works of the devil. He had come to express his father's love for sinners. He had come to draw you people to himself. He had come to take away the sin of the world. He had come to be the propitiation of the sins of the world. Now, I want you to, that's that word, man. That word is in me today. I want you to look at 1 John 2 and 2 just want you to look at that scripture, and as you see it, and I'm going to pull that First John 2 and 2 up, because I got a different way of looking at it. I've seen this, and I just got quickened to kind of look at this. That's how we flow. Everybody say like, get in the flow, get in the flow, get in the flow. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also the sins of the world. Now, I want to read from verse 1. So if you could read verse 1, and I want to kind of keep this thing one and two, and then I want you to look at this. My little children, let me give you a minute, because I'm changing the stuff as we go. My little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. Now, that word, I'm gonna show you something here, and I'm gonna give you the definition of this. Um, if you... If you um, um he's the sacrifice but it's more than that. The Bible says he's the atoning sacrifice, but it's more than that. Um he it's a picture it's a picture package and I'm going to paint the picture for you. Um he took care of all of it. Okay? He he's not just the forgiving redeemer. He's he's the one who's taken all that wrath. So this is what I want you to do. Write this down. Just write this down. Number three, these are just points I want you to write down so you can go back and reflect. God's divine wrath was satisfied in the substitution of Christ for me and you. God's divine wrath was satisfied in the crucifixion of Christ and His substitutionary act on our behalf, He substituted me for you. Now, the, these are words you hear all throughout the, the Christian, the Christianity we live: substitution, propitiation, justification. There's a bunch of words: sanctification. All these words, terminologies are all laid in and kind of like encapsulated in the fact of what Jesus did on the cross. This is where he bought all this at. When you hear Redeemer paid the ransom, this all happened through the act of the cross, right? So when you start understanding that, man, that starts helping you, right? Okay, so now this is this is what I want you to see. So this propitiation had basically been explained years before. In Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. Now we're going to look at there. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. All right? And then we're going to look at this propitiation thing because I think it's going to help you. He was, he was what? He was pierced or wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities or bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement of, of what? Our peace. Now, you got to get that. He was pierced or bruised. He was wounded for our transgressions, Jesus. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. There it is right there. He was chastened, chastised, and beaten from sin's action so we could now live in peace with God. With his stripes, we are healed. You see that? All like sheep, go look at verse 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. One have turned, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Right? We all like sheep have rebelled, gone away. And have turned everyone to his own craziness. And the Lord has laid upon him my iniquity. Now, you got to go slow here. So I'm going to go. He was pierced for my transgression. He was crushed for my iniquities. Substitutionary act. He was pierced. He was bruised, wounded, right, for my transgression. My law-breaking, he paid the price. My iniquity, those are sins, he paid the price. My peace, he took the chastisement for my rebellion. Because we all rebelled in Adam. Somebody had to pay the price, guys. Somebody had to buy you back. Had to be the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. We have gone astray. We have turned the wrong way. We've gone wacky. But God laid upon him the iniquity of us all. The sin of the world came on him. You see that? That's what he remember. First John two and two. Go back and look at First John two and two. Absorb it, and I'm going to go slow, but I need you to see this. It's very, very important. Because these scripts, this is why you cannot, don't be moving around while I'm doing this stuff. And some of you are watching this. You got to sit and meditate and really encapsulate what I'm saying. Because I, I don't just oritate, You know, I don't communicate. You got to catch me. I got weight. I'm bringing weight over to you. I, what I really am carrying is revelation knowledge. Does that make sense? Like, it's kind of like this. You ever have somebody explain to you something they do? Because they explain it, you know, it's like almost like you get the whole full effect of it because they're explaining it to you, and they know what they're doing. So you go, oh, yeah, I can do that. This is what I'm saying? It's not, I'm not regurgitating it. I've absorbed it in revelation, so when I give it to you, just take it. You see what I'm saying? This is a stretch in your head. You're like, why in the world would I think God's mad at me? He got mad at Jesus, so he never gets mad at me. Exactly. My lifestyle doesn't look right. I know, but guess what? Man, you better get this. This is why I don't, I'm telling you, man, I run a tight ship. I really do, man. I I run a tight ship. Like, I don't play. I got no skeletons in my closet. I'm just, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what's up with me, all right? So just hear me, okay? I run a tight crew, man. I don't lie. I don't do none of this nonsense. I don't jerk around with stuff. I don't touch stuff that I don't need to touch. I keep myself straight. You know what I'm saying? I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you something here, okay? Just catch where I'm going. So I'm tight about this. So if anybody's giving you this, trust me, it's safe. Meaning this, like this, you you, I, you just, Pastor Chris, you just told me some stuff that's pretty heavy about my performance. Yeah, I'm telling you, God I got rid of all that source of separation. Ooh, that's a good word. Write that down. God got rid of every source of separation that could have separated you from him. Now the only thing separating you from him is your mentality. You see this? This is good stuff. Now, now write this down. The substitutionary nature of God's coming to me and you. Now, explain that. The substitutionary nature of God coming to me and you and operating this thing through Jesus. Now, that's a whole, what do you mean? So this was God's plan. I gotta do something with this sin thing, and there's only one way to get it done. I gotta get, have a perfect sacrifice, and the only way to do that is, is to basically come myself and take care of it. So I come in the form of Jesus and produced a substitutionary substitution means we were substituted one for another. And, and whose wrath would be would be would be propitiated upon him. Now let me, I'm gonna explain that word in a minute. That was the prophetic window you see in Isaiah. Substitution and propitiation. Does that make sense? He was my substitute and my propitiation. Now that propitiation word, I'm going to give you this thing just a little bit. I don't want to get too far into this, but because I got a lot of stuff on this and it's kind of cool. Basically, I just want you to jot this down for the propitiation. It means the turning away of wrath by an offering. Did you get that? The turning away of wrath by an offering. You got that? The shedding of the blood of Jesus on the cross turned away the wrath of God so that he could pass over sins previously committed and sins that were gonna be. That was the whole thing with Moses that was the whole thing with marking the doorpost. The angel of death will pass over. That's why we celebrate Passover. Death will pass over where the blood has been shed. Sin will pass over. Wrath will, everybody's dying, but where the blood is, it will pass over. That's why when you and I understand this, we've been passed over by judgment because of what Jesus did on the cross through the shedding of his blood perfect once and for all. So I'm going to come back to that propitiation, but I just want to give you a, a quick little thing cuz we got we got to study that cuz if we study it we're going to understand this stuff and then we're going to have a deeper deeper um um a deeper revelation of what really took place. So to understand the, substitu- the substitutionary act of Jesus on our behalf and the propitiation or the shedding of blood. So propitiating meaning God, he, sh- now let's watch this. In the body of Christ, we were substituted for Christ's body. He was substituted for our body. In the propitiation, we were circumcised into the kingdom through the shedding of blood but spiritual circumcision, right? He was the propitiation. He became the sin sacrifice, wrath sacrifice through the shedding of his blood, and now we're one in the same. Substitution, propitiation, positioning, we're in Christ. Now, here's the, here's the part you better get. It was the will of God to crush Jesus, What I'm going to say to you today is going to give you, I guarantee you, you ain't never had these thoughts a day in your life, man. But you trust me because I'm telling you the truth. It was the will of God to crush. It was the will of God to crush Jesus. Not because he wanted to, but because he had to. Because nobody else could have been crushed and handled it. You're done. We're done without him. It was the will of God to crush him and he had to put him to grief. This is what... Now, let me say His soul had to make an offering for guilt. This... Go to Isaiah 53, 10, and eleven. You got to see this, man. Isaiah fifty three. I'm gonna go here because I'm gonna read it a little different. Isaiah fifty three. See that there, Isaiah. When you see it, when you find it, Isaiah fifty three. Did you get that? Yeah. Look, you got it. You got to see it because I I got it in this, and uh, it might. It, but let's read it in the King James first, and then when we read it in there, um, I, I I promise you this. Um, you, you're you're gonna see this. They. I, I don't know Let me yeah, let me read it let me read it let me read I I'm gonna I wanna read it then after that I wanna read it in amplified but let's just read it in the King James so they can get a grip of it and we'll get it. okay. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. See it? Well now shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul. See that right there, 11? And shall be satisfied. <sighs> he, God had to see. Man, can you imagine what was, can you, do you see this? Can you imagine like the anguish, the pain, the joy the 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 whole he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied that the debt for sin was paid by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. Now look at this. Look at this in the amplified and just check this out because you know I use that I use that just to expound. This this is gonna this is gonna this. This is is good. Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. Did you pull that in? He has put him to grief and has made him sick. When you and he make his life an offering for sin, and he has risen from the dead in time to come, He shall see his spiritual offspring, he shall prolong his days, and the will and pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge of himself, which he possesses and imparts to others shall my uncompromisingly righteous one, my servant, justify many and make many righteous, upright, and in right standing with God. For he shall bear their iniquities and their guilt with the consequences, says the Lord. He took it. He paid it. That, the cross is the greatest love ever expressed he took I'm gonna tell you what man I, I need you to see this right um can you go to Jeremiah 31 31 go to Jeremiah 31 31 I, I want you to look at this because I, I this could really I think I think this can really help you Um See something about what was in this package, and I want you to get this. Um, he made this new covenant, but I want you to kind of pick this up um, in in the this brand new covenant. But this brand new covenant means Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now look at verse 32, noting not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days that I took them by hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, says the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their inward parts and I will write it upon their heart and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Right? I got this new covenant of life. But here's what I want you to see, right? This is big. He took the guilt offering and sacrifices to God as substitute Jesus now. Okay? Jesus took the guilt offering. Now, he paid for our guilt, our shame, our sin, our guilt Offering and Jesus was sacrifice. He became the sacrifice to God and substitutes in place of those who had sinned against Him, me and you, so that sinners themselves would not bear God's righteous anger. Now you got. Now look, just go look at Luke twenty two twenty. You're gonna now you got to pull that in, okay? Because what was the old covenant? Error What's saying, somebody's got to pay the price for this mess. So you're going to eat it because you're messed up. No, he took all that. Likewise, also, the cup after saying says, this is the cup of the new testament in my blood, which is shed for you. This blood is going to make a brand new covenant between you and God and I'm going to be the middle partition that's going to rip in between. So that way, this way you can be right with God. That's Hebrews 12.24. Now you got to pop 12.24. You got that right? Yeah, yeah. Look at this. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And what? And to the blood of sprinkling, and what? That speaketh better things than that of. Able, this blood speaks a brand new covenant, speaking better things. Great. Now watch this. Propitiator would offer himself final, once and for all, substitutionary sacrifice in the place of sinners. And you find that in Hebrews nine twenty six. And you guys know where that is. Now, now watch this. Right now, this. Hebrews 9.26, and there's something to that thing I want to show you there, that Hebrews 9.26. Look at this. This is good scripture, right? When you pull this one up, you're going to see this, right? Then, for uh, yeah, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And you can read 27 too and 28 and as it was appointed unto men to die once once to die but after this judgment so Christ was offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him and uh, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation now if you go to verse if you go to verse you could read all the hebrews for the whole book. But if you go to verse 22, go to Hebrews 9.22 and we'll read into this. I'll give you a minute to get there because it's a little bit more than what I you know what I was given, but I'm going to give it to you. Okay. Hebrews 9 22. Um and 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 um you're gonna see this thing. Look at what it says here. And almost all things are by the law purged by blood. Now you gotta see this now. So what are you saying? Moreover, the sprinkling of the blood of the tabernacles of all vessels, and by almost all things is the law purged by blood. So he's saying, when the law breaking is done, the only thing that can wash it away is blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in heaven should be purified with these but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Now watch this. For Christ, now you're talking about atonement of the Old Testament where they'd go in and they'd make animal sacrifice for the atonement, but they couldn't do away with it because it didn't take away the conscience of sin. They still had the guilt of sin. This is why I brought that up. What do you mean the guilt of sin? Jesus got rid of the guilt of sin. The book of Hebrews says, with the blood of bulls and goats, you could not take away the guilt or the consciousness of the sin. They would have remembrance of the sin. But with Jesus' perfect spotless life sacrifice, sin was done away once and for all and never to even be consciously thought of you. I'm telling you, man, look what he says, right? For Christ entered in, verse 24, Christ entered in, to the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but unto heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. He's saying, no, he went in once, for then we must have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world he appeared, he's done. He's done. He took care of it once and for all. That's why propitiation, when we use that word, is so strong. So that's why Jesus came. That's what the cross was all about. And on the cross, the Father made the sinless Son to be sin for our sake, that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. You know that scripture, but watch this. Jesus, our Perpitiator absorbed the Father's wrath against our sin and satisfied it with his life to the full. You bet you got to get that. Jesus, the perpitiator, we're going to go look at that word now, absorbed the Father's wrath against us, our sin, and satisfied it to the full so that that is the end of it. Now, right, ooh, the wrath of God was satisfied on that cross. Now, let's explain this word. God ain't mad at you, man. I'm telling you this, right? Now, this is going to take a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Everybody say a little bit. It's okay, because you got to get this, because I don't need to be cute and be in a hurry, so I want you to get this word propitiation. Okay, now we're going to look at this now, and you got to go slow, because I need you to get an understanding of this. It means the turning away of wrath by an offering. So Jesus was the offering to turn away God's wrath because somebody had to pay the price. Now, propitiation is a different word than than we would use for like, uh, uh, just like... um, Propitiation carries the connotation within itself of wrath being taken. Not just the, not just the, he wasn't just a sacrifice. Does that make sense? He was the propitiation. There's wrath involved in this. So God's wrath towards sin came on Jesus. Man, so don't come on me and you. For the, now you got to get this. Now you got to look at Romans 3.25 in a minute. I'm going to take a couple places. Romans 3.25, 1 John 4.10, and then we're going to go back, and we don't have to look at that other one. You've seen that other one. And now nah, let's do it again. Romans 3.25, 1 John 4.10, and then 1 John 2 and 2. We're going to go back to that because I want you to see this, okay? That's a lot of scripture. You see it down there in the end because these notes are all over the place, okay? So this is what this means. All right, so watch this. See so this is like teaching, right? For the Christian, what does this mean? For the Christian, the propitiation was the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. Once that blood, now you gotta remember something, you gotta see this now. He takes our sin and nails it to the cross. The ordinance of the law. Now you gotta see this, right? You got the cross. He takes the ordinance of the law and he nails it, he nailed it. He nailed it. Now, you got to see something here, right? This is deep. I never never shared this before. I'm I'm cooking now, right? I got enough time? I do. See, he was the word. They nailed the word to the cross. Now, go slow. So they nailed the word to the cross. Now, that cross is symbolic. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So on that cross, okay, was basically the legal jurisdiction of the debt you and I owed and the legal ordinance, the, the handwriting of the law was on that cross. When that nail went through the word, the word now abolished the shame and sin of that cross. But that ain't enough. It is finished. Yeah, you fulfilled the, 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 the Abrahamic covenant responsibility, but somebody's blood's got to be shed to annihilate and through the shedding of his blood was the remission of sin. So now we got it covered. Now listen this, right? Now listen. The blood of Jesus turned away the wrath of God so that he could pass over the sins previously committed. Now look at Romans 3.25. Okay? Now, you read this for a minute, but I need you to do it. Who God hath set who let let's go look at that, right? Because if I find it in here, you know me. I'm going to find 18 scriptures that, th- th- you see that? You see that one, 325? Now watch this, okay? Whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sin that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be the just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. You know what? Just as if you'd never sinned. Come on, somebody. Now, are you ready for this? Now, go, now, go, go, go to the Passion. Let's read 25 and 26 of the Passion. You all right? Yeah, it's, all, it's all fresh, hot off the press kind of stuff. You know what I mean? All right, here we go. Jesus, God given destiny was to be the sacrifice to take away sins. Isn't that good? And now he is our mercy seat because of his death on the cross. That's the mercy seat where the offerings used to be put of blood of the bulls and goats. We come to him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. The sacred blood of Jesus is the perfect demonstration of God's justice. Because until now, he had been so patient, holding back his justice just my God in heaven, holding back his justice out of his tolerance for us, so he covered over the sins of those who lived prior to Jesus' sacrifice and put it on him. And when the season of tolerance came to an end, there was only one way possible, there was only one possible way to give, for God to give away his righteousness and still be true to both his justice and mercy to offer up his own son. Are you reading this? And when the season of tolerance Somebody, he's holding on to sin. Somebody's got to pay for it. I can't get my kids back. He's holding on to sin. What am I going to do with it? Adam created it. I can't put it on these kids. They're gone. They're separated from me. I lost my whole family. I got sin. I'm holding on. Adam's transgression in the garden. I got sin in the world. What am I going to do with it? I got, so I got to hold on to it. I can't put it on this generation. I can't put it on that generation. I'm frustrated with man. I got to do something with it. Here comes Abraham, believes God. Here comes Jesus. And when the season of the tolerance came to the end, there was only one possible way for God to give away his righteousness and still be true to justice and mercy, to offer up Jesus. So now because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus, God declares us righteous in his eyes. Propitiation. Want to see that? You want to see that First John 4 and 10? Go there. That's a good one too. First John 4 and 10. Y'all know what that one means. When you see it, you'll know it. It's the love. Remember that? For in the love, wherein he loved it. Herein is his love, not that we love God, but God loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You can go back. You can go to passion. Propitiation for our sins. Okay, you want, it reads better there anyway. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing, sacrificial offering to take away our sins. He did it, man. Everybody say, propitiation. I'm telling you, through faith in his blood, that's how he does it. You can see it. Um, he became the scapegoat to take away our sin. That is powerful, man. It's the it's the Leviticus and Leviticus. Um, he talks about they brought the goat and and the Lord and and the Lord's lot of sin offering came. Jesus became the scapegoat, the lamb. That's why they call him the lamb. He was the sacrifice. Look at this. I I wanted to read this thing. I gotta find this thing. I'll read it to you. It is it is used to basically it was it was it was a it was a form, let me just write it like this. It was it was from this mercy seat that God pronounced pardon and expressed himself as reconciled to his people. You better pull that in just for a minute. It was from that place. Remember we read it was like Jesus became the mercy seat for us. That's at Leviticus 16. It was from this mercy seat that God pronounced pardon or, himself or expressed himself reconciled to me and you. Man, good. The main idea in this was this. God was reconciled to his people through Jesus. It, was, it has affected our, our, our relationship with God forever. And it's, cha- it's, it's changed our position forever because of what he's done. And I want you to look at this thing here. Write this down. Number four, and then gonna, I'll, pre- I'll start this up next time. In this we see God's greatest act of love. So good. And this, the love of God, was made manifest among us that God sent his only son in the world, that we might live through him. And in this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. We just read that in First John 4, 9, and 10. But this is what I want you to get. Who would have ever dreamed one of the worst, fearsome, torturous device, the cross would become a symbol of the greatest love ever expressed? Now, this is what I want you to take away. Now, that's kind of heavy. You know, that wasn't like light and easy. But here's what I want you to do. If he took wrath, anger, justice, vengeance, all of it, out on God, Jesus took it all out, God took it all out on Jesus on the cross, how in the heaven are me and you going to walk around in the earth and, Carrying this guilt, shame, lack, lack of belonging, lack of identity, guys, I got news for you. That is done in a way. It's a deception of the enemy, man. He took the wrath. Your relationship with God is. Oh, so you say, well, Pastor Chris, where are these scriptures? No, look at God just ri- leads you through this love act, but he's not holding stuff against you and keeping you separated from him. He did that once and for all and took it away. God's not mad at you. Jesus' substitution with me and you, and then Jesus became the propitiation, the sacrifice of wrath that should have been on you went on him, and that's why God cannot, doesn't even want to put it even on you. That's why God is so good to me and you. So I want you to just start living through this lens. Maybe I haven't been looking at myself the way God looks at me. Maybe I haven't been seeing me the way God sees me. And maybe I haven't been responding to God the way I need to respond based upon what I received through the understanding of the word of God. That God, next time you see that cross, you'll know this. That God took his anger, his wrath. And I don't want to make God seem like God's like, you know, some big, you know, bad guy. He's not. But somebody had to pay the price for it, and it couldn't be me and you. So he put it on Jesus so he doesn't have to put it on me and you. So here's my last thought. If God put it on Jesus so he doesn't have to put it on me and you, why in the world are we taking it upon ourselves and walking around with it in the earth when it has nothing to do with us? Leave it at the cross. Carry on your life and walk in the peace that God has for you. And know this that if God be for me, nobody could be against me. Amen? Let me pray for you guys. Father, I thank you. I pray tonight this revelation kind of saturates their thinking. And Father, you were so good. You're so gracious that you took the wrath, you took the sin, the shame, the guilt, all this stuff, and you took it and you put it on, you put it on Jesus so it doesn't come on me. This is a life-changing opportunity for us to grasp. Thank you that your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not your thoughts. I'm glad you think a whole lot better of me than I think about myself. And I thank you that I elevate my thinking to the level you're seeing me. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Guys, listen, I love you. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. Thanks for sharing. Take this truth. Run with it. Do some study. Do some personal study about this stuff. Pull it in. Understand what God is saying. And notice that God is not mad at you. We're going to start a brand new series next month. We're going to be stepping in this. Starting over. How do I start over my life? Can I start over? Do I get a redo? You know, I laugh about that. You know, sometimes you do stuff in life, right? And you go, oh, let me do it again. Let me do it again. You get a redo. Can I get a redo? Can I start over? Can I get a brand new beginning? I say this about God. God doesn't really give you sometimes a, he gives you a new beginning. Let's just say it like that. God gives you a brand new beginning. Come and learn these powerful truths of learning this, that God doesn't let you sometimes do things over. He just gives you a brand new start. Get ready to start things all over again. It's going to be a powerful series. I love you, and I'll see you soon. Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home.